0: well good morning open arms church it is so good to be with you today it really is I love the local church I love this local church and right from the get-go today I really want to encourage you to make sure that you stay connected to Jesus stay connected to each other and stay connected to the call of God that's not only on your life but on the life of your church and so I also want to say a massive thank you to Pastor Sean and Jill for having me speak into your life and in the life of the church and in Ireland in general, and I really hope that this brand new, fresh word from God will, you know, I pray that it brings language to how you are feeling in this very moment for your life. So if you are ready, why don't we get stuck in together? So our reading today is three verses from Luke chapter 3, from verses 1 to 3, okay? So open up your iPhone, your tablet. If you're old-fashioned, you've got a Bible with real pages, then open up that as well, okay? Luke chapter 3, verses 1 to 3. A lot of history in these verses, a lot of familiar uh, themes in these verses, but I hope to bring something fresh from them today. All right, so Luke chapter 3, verses 1 to 3, if you are ready, let's go. It says this, In the fifteenth year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, Herod, tetrarch of Galilee, his brother Philip, tetrarch of Eutreia, Trachonitis, and Licinius, tetrarch of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Siphius, the Word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. Then and the Bible says in verse three, he went into all the country around the Jordan Jordan preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Well let me take you back to the 12th of June, 2005. Judith, of course, was pregnant with four uh, little babies all inside of her. She was on bed rest. She was in the Royal Victoria Hospital in Belfast. And I was visiting my parents' house in Ballinahinch, Hinch, which is in County Down, very near to Belfast. And I remember everyone sitting in my sister's old bedroom, and I was praying away to God to give me something that would let me know that this adventure was really His doing, that he was part of this process, because let's be honest, God was really good with Judith all the way through the pregnancy. She was getting words, and she was getting hymns, and she was getting all the psalms. Yours truly was getting zero. Okay, so I was like, Lord, will you not speak to the daddy of the four? Well, in that morning of the 12th of June, 2005, there I was in my sister's bedroom, reading the Bible, just going, God, will you please give me something? Church, He gave me something, okay? An incredible thing. And I was reading through the words of Isaiah chapter 60, and towards the end of this incredible chapter are verses 21 and 22. And when I read them, it was one of those moments I expect that you've had as well, where they leapt right off the page at me. Here's what the verses said. They said, they are the shoot I have planted for the work of my hands, for the display of my splendor. The least of you will become a thousand, the smallest, a mighty nation. Now watch this. It says, I am the Lord, and in its time, I will do it swiftly. And he was exactly right. Within 10 days, all the babies were born within four minutes on the 23rd of June. Well, guys, when I read that verse, honestly, I came alive in that moment. I ran downstairs, and I said to my mom, who, you know, has, has come to faith around this time, and she wasn't so much in faith at that time, and I'm going, look at the Word of God, look at the Bible, look what God had said to me. It was an incredible, an incredible revelation. Now, fast forward then a few years onto November 2008, okay? I was the assistant pastor, along with Judith, at Cornerstone City Church up in Derry, along with Andy and Isabel McCourt. Now, that November evening, I was at home alone. Judith was out somewhere, and Andrew called me. He says, hey, can Isabel and I call? call out to see you. This was odd because you know it was late at night, I was on my own as such, and Andrew and Isabel together wanted to come and well, tell me something. So we were intrigued. I was ins- excited. I text Judith, You've got to come home. So she comes home and we're ready and waiting for Andrew and Isabel to arrive. So they arrive at the house. Anyway, long story short, they were there to tell us that they had accepted a new role as senior pastors at CFC Church in Belfast and that they felt that Judith and I should become the senior leaders of Cornerstone City Church. <laughs> I had just finished my ministry credentials and there was no way that we were ready to take on Cornerstone City Church, follow Andrew and Isabel McCourt as our, you know, first pastorate, if you like. It's an incredible thing. But as you do, you'll have done this yourself. We said we'd pray about it, but it was one of those things that we'd pray about when we kind of already knew the answer about, okay? So anyway, we began to pray to God and began to wonder, is this what God was actually wanting us to do? And so within a couple of months, well, didn't God suddenly provide a word? for this. And so from within the many different ways that He confirmed to me and to Judith that we were to take the step into senior leadership, God spoke to me from within Isaiah 49. I don't know about you, but God seems to speak to me in pivotal moments in my life from the book of Isaiah. This time it was Isaiah 49. And it was this verse that really moved me. It was verse 3. It says this, He said to me, You are my servant Israel, in whom I will display my splendor church, there it was, for the display of my splendor. It was the Holy Spirit using the same sentence from the, a verse that He gave me about the children into my future for serving Him in the Lord. And this is the difference, though, that I want you to see today, That's this is going to make a ton of sense, that in 2005, God sent His Word to encourage me, but in 2008, God sent His Word to activate me. And there's a difference. And the truth is, you are not waiting right now for God to send you a word to encourage you. You are waiting for God to send you a fresh word to activate you to new levels of serving and following Him. Look with me at verse two and three of the text in Luke chapter three. It says, The word of the Lord came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. Full stop. The next sentence says, He went into the country around the Jordan. John had been filled with the Spirit of God. He was in the desert, filled with the call of God, filled with the gifts of God, but the thing he lacked was the green light from God. And then the Bible says, the word of the Lord came to John, and then he went. This was a word of activation, and God's word moved him. God's word released him into the next level of serving in his life. We can see this in the Old Testament, way back in the the life of Abram. In Genesis 12, verse 1, it says this, the Lord had said to Abraham, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. And then three verses later, it says, so Abram went as the Lord told him. Abraham received a word from God, and it was a word that activated him into new levels of serving God's purposes on the planet. Now, we can fast forward then to Acts chapter 9 and the the conversion of Paul. And in verses 5 and 6, Paul has had the flashing light. He's on the ground, and he says and he declares, "'Who are you, Lord?' Saul asked." And then the voice comes, "'I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting.'" And then Jesus goes on and says to him, nah, I need you to get up, go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. This wasn't a word of encouragement. This was a word of activation from Jesus, redirecting the rest of Paul's life into new levels of serving and following God on the planet. Now, between Abraham and David and Esther and all the big Bible characters we know, God sent words to encourage them But in between those words and in the timeline of their lives, God sends these words of activation that pivot the trajectory for the rest of your life, and it is the same for you. You've had God send words to encourage you. You've had God break through for you. You've had God restore and heal and do all the great things for you, but in this season, you are waiting, and it feels like a desert experience. You are waiting for a fresh word from God to activate you. You can sense it. You can feel it. You can almost taste it, and this is where you are at. And the truth is, you've already had in your life, in your journey, other words of activation, but I want to tell you this season, those old seasons are coming to an end. They are coming to a conclusion, and the sense that you have that God is about to activate you is a good one. It is a right one, and God is about to bring fresh word for your next level of serving and following Him. So, I want to encourage you, God sees you. He will send His Word to activate you, but what I want to do with the rest of the time that I have with you is give you a couple of things that will help you lean in to the wilderness, lean into the desert as you get ready for God to activate you to new levels of calling and serving Him. And the first thing I want you to remember is this, that when God is ready to move you, He will get His Word to you. I want to say it again. That when God is ready to move you, God will get His Word to you. In 2003, as part of a cross-Canadian-Chinese research project, scientists wanted to discover whether babies in the womb could really, once and for all, recognize the voice of their mother before they were born. This is what they did. They tested 60 women in the last trimester of their pregnancy. All the mothers were tape-recorded reading a poem out loud. What they did, they divided the mothers into two groups. Half the babies heard the recording of their own mother. The other half heard another mother. Here's what they learned, everyone. In both cases, the poem being read caused a change in the heart rate of the baby. Watch this. They detected a raise in the heart rate among those who heard their own mother's voice. And a deceleration of heart rate among the babies who heard a voice other than their mother's. And they put the the slower heart rate down to the fact that the, the baby was trying to work out what voice was this. Bottom line is, they simply didn't recognize the voice. There was only one voice that could raise the heartbeat, and that was the voice of the mother. And so, in the context of our conversation today, this is what this story tells me, that no, many, no matter how many voices reach you, there's only one voice is going to raise you. That no matter how many voices try to reach you, only one voice will raise you. Look back at our text again, Look chapter 3. Listen to these names, everybody. Tiberius Caesar Pontius Pilate Governor Herod Tetrarch of Galilee His brother Philip His other brother Lysanias All the rest of it High priest Annas Siphias, The word of the Lord came to John of son of Zachariah That's a lot of noise That's a lot of voices that God has to break through All of these voices have names All of these have uh, have cultures and ways of trying to penetrate your soul and your spirit. You see, to me, the voice of Tiberius Caesar, he represents the voice of culture, the culture of the day. Then we have the voice of the Tetrarchs. This is the the voice of politics. Then we have the voice of high priests. This is the voice of religion. And you know what? John's in the wilderness, and lonely places have a voice. Yes. They do. And so he's in the wilderness. And for me, this is the voice of personal circumstances. So John is surrounded. He's surrounded by culture. He's surrounded by politics. He's surrounded by religion. He's surrounded by an empty desert that will shout loneliness and isolation at him. And yet… The Bible says, through all of the clutter and all of the din, the word of the Lord came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. Can I tell you this? No amount of voices in your life will stop the Word of God getting to you when God is ready to move you and activate you to the next level. You do not need to worry whether you've missed it, whether you've blown it, whether you should be doing something or doing something else, or whatever you think is going on. The timeline of God is perfect. You have not Missed it. If he's not activated you, hold on and lean in and trust this fact that when God is ready to get his word to you, it will break through the noise of culture, it will break through the noise of politics, it will break through the noise of religion, and it will definitely shatter through your personal circumstances. When God speaks, you will absolutely know. I love the word of God, and this is why Isaiah 55, verse 10 and 11. God says, as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, watch this, so is my word that comes from my mouth. Listen to me, Open Arms Church. God says about His Word, it will not return to me empty, but what? Accomplish what I desire and achieve for which I sent it. When God is ready to get His Word to you, He will get His Word to you. The second thing I want to encourage you with and really encourage you to lean into is this, that when God moves you, He moves all of you. That when God moves you, He moves all of you. When God activates you, everyone, This is what he flicks the switch on. He activates your steps. He activates your spiritual smarts. And he activates your story. After I'm done, I want you to go to Exodus chapter 3 and 4. Familiar story to all of us, but these words in the chapters record for us the activation of Moses into the most epic adventure forever, for sure. And as we read through the story, we learn that God activates His steps, His spiritual smarts, and His story. Turn with me to Exodus 4 verse 20, when God activates the steps of Moses. It says this, "'So Moses took his wife and his sons, put them on a donkey, and started back to Egypt.'" Fairly innocuous verse about someone heading on a trip. But let me remind you, this was Moses ending isolation. This was Moses ending shame. This was Moses ending the thought that he was over, that it was finished. This was Moses ending the place of abandonment and the place of regret. When God activates you, He moves all of you. He moves your step. With a word from God, God began to move His steps back to Egypt. But God also didn't stop there. He activates Moses' spiritual smarts, his gifts. Later on in Exodus 4 verse 20, the other half of the verse, it says this, very simple, and he took the staff of God in his hand. Just a few words. But that sentence is pregnant with prophetic potential. Moses was carrying the gift of God with him, You see, in the desert before the burning bush, this was just a staff that Moses would carry around to nudge the sheep. But when God gave Moses a word, He activated what Moses carried, and suddenly Moses' staff became the staff of God. And as you read the story all the way through the deliverance of the Pharaoh's court and the plagues, etc., 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 you will see time and again how Moses raised the staff and the waters parted, how he held the staff aloft and Joshua would win the battle in the valley. The staff was Moses' spiritual smarts, and God activated what he carried. But not only that, in activating Moses with the word, he activated his story. You see, earlier in, in Exodus 2 verse 10, it says this, that when the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's, court, Pharaoh's daughter and he became her son. And she named him Moses. Do you know what Moses means? Moses means to draw out. And I believe this with my whole heart. I believe Moses knew that he was set apart. I believe in the Egyptian court, he knew he was different. He knew he was there to, re- to redeem his people, to set people free, to draw them out of Egypt. But when he killed the Egyptian, you know what? He did the right thing at the wrong time, and it cost him. And he was banished to the desert, and he thought his story was over because of his mistake and his failure. But when God activates you, He reactivates your story because He sent Moses right back to Egypt to draw the people out. Look at again our text. Look chapter 3, verses 2 and 3. During the high priest of Annas, high priesthood of Annas and Siphius, the word of the Lord came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. He went into all the country around the Jordan, watch this, preaching a baptism of repentance for forgiveness of sins. I love this, everyone. I really do. The Word of the Lord came to John, and the Bible says he went. He didn't wait. He went. God's Word activated every single part of him. His steps. It says he left the wilderness and went into the countryside where people could reach him. It activated his spiritual smarts. The Bible said he carried a message of repentance, which was new. It was fresh. It was something that the Jews needed to hear. It was culture-shattering. It was politically defiant and spiritual spiritually fresh and bursting with life. But also, when God activated him, He activated John's story. Let's go back to when John was just born. Look chapter 1, verse 76, where Zechariah prophesied over John as a baby, and he said these words, and you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for Him. And when John grew up and later connected with the Pharisees and they asked him, who are you really? John himself replied, I am the voice of the one calling in the wilderness. Make straight the way of our Lord. John lived with a sense of destiny on his life. And he knew when God activated him, he was stepping out, not only in his steps and in his anointing and his smarts and what he carried, but also God was activating His story. And I want you to know today that when God moves you, God moves all of you. When the Word of God that you are waiting on comes, I want to encourage you, it will shift every single part of who you are. God will activate your steps, whether that steps to people that you know or people you don't know, places you know or places you are not yet familiar with. But God will move you physically, He'll also activate your spiritual smarts, all your spiritual gifts, all the blessing and the favor that you carry, God will activate that and use that. And someone needs to hear me today that your gift is not gone, your gift is not defunct, and you are not finished in the kingdom of God. When God moves you, He moves all. He moves all of you. All the ways that God's been shaping you and molding you privately in the desert, they are about to burst out publicly. And the world around you will wonder how you know what you know. Because God will activate your story. He'll activate the next level and the stage of your journey as you move confidently with Him. But in this moment, do not lose hope. Do not lose faith. God sees you, and when God moves you, God moves all of you. And then finally is this. When God moves you, He moves more than you. That when God moves you, it's a huge clue, everybody, that He's moving more than just you. And this, for me, is the most exciting part. I wonder, have you ever heard of a, a Latin word called anteambulo? Anteambulo, A-N-T-E, A-N-T-E, Ambulo. I'll let you spell it yourself. Anti-ambulo. let's break it into Ante means before. Ambulo means to walk. You put them together before walking is what it means. Now, if you were living in ancient Roman culture and you were loaded, you would employ... An anti ambulo. Here's all they did all day for you. You were on one side of the road, busy road. They would literally go ahead of you, stop the traffic, stop the crowds, make a way before you so you could walk without any hindrance. An anti That's what they were for. John the Baptist was Jesus's anti ambulo. And so are you. When God activates you, please understand that it has one purpose, that as you push back the crowds of culture, as you push through the crowds of politics, push through religion, and even through circumstance, it is to make space for Jesus to be seen by your world. And when God activates you, it is a huge clue that Jesus is about to step in the path that you create for Him. Here's the bottom line, that when God moves you, He's moving more than just you. He's setting you up for your world to see Jesus. It is a clue, everyone, that Jesus is about to To appear. And so John's calling becomes our calling. We then become a voice of one calling. In the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Listen to this. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low, every obstacle eradicated. The rough ground will become level, the rugged places a plain. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all the people will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Isaiah 40, verse 3 to 5. And before I close, if I may just be as bold as this I believe this that there are not just you but I believe there are hundreds of people like you in Ireland. I believe there are thousands of people like you in Europe and all around the world who are in the hidden places sensing an activation moment. I believe there are people from every generation whom God has hidden right now in the desert places and He's getting ready to activate them to new heights and new purposes with the singular aim, of presenting Jesus to their world. And I hope today that this gives you some language to how you are feeling right now, because I want to encourage you, get ready to be activated. Get ready to step into places with people you may or may not know. Get ready to activate all your gifts, all of your anointing, all of your calling, and release it in the new place that God is positioning you to, but above all else, Get ready to make room for a move of God, because when the crowd parts, Jesus will fill the space. So, come on, let's allow God's Word to activate you. Hey, I want to pray for you right now. I really do. And so, but I want you to join in with me and I know you're at home or maybe you're at work, you're getting a downtime at lunch or whatever, however or wherever you're watching this, but I need you to respond and I want you to get physical with your response. If you believe that, you know, I, am, I can relate, I, I sense an activation word is what I need, this talk has given me language for how I've been feeling, then I want you to, wherever you're at, unless you're driving, okay, just kind of raise your hand, all right, Maybe if you're at home, you want to, you know, get on your knees, just pray. Just do something physical that allows you to break focus and concentrate on the Lord. Let me pray for you. Father, you see every heart and every hand, every response, Lord, to this message. And Father, you are moving, setting aside, calling, shaping, molding. But I believe this, that you're about to activate. You're about to reveal and release a fresh word of activation to people all across Ireland and right around the world who will rise up, who will push back the crowds of culture, politics, religion, and personal circumstance to make way for the King of Kings. And so, Father, for every response, for every person that can hear these words, I pray, Holy Spirit, you would rush to them right now and encourage them, strengthen them, and get them ready for their moment of activation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Open arms, thank you so much for listening, and I pray this word really encourages you, that it has positioned you for the future, and I'm so excited to hear very soon of all of the stories of your activation.